Thanks, Winston. Longing for identity. That's what we're looking at this morning, this longing that we all have to be known. So uh, by, by a show of hands this morning, tell me uh, if you have seen one of these movies, the first 16 Candles. Any? Yeah? All right, next one, The Graduate. Any seen The Graduate? Okay, next. The Sandlot. Oh, yeah, one of my favorite movies. Great movie. Next. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. All right. Next one. Goodwill Hunting. There you go. Rebel Without a Cause. It's a classic. There you go. Next. Dead Poet Society. Yes. Love it. Great movie. Perks of Being a Wallflower. Any of you younger ones there? Yes. Some of you down here. Next one. Juno. Seen it? Yes. Is that it? Oh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, Old Yeller. There you go. Old Yeller. What a great movie. Uh, what do all these movies have in common? They're, they're all coming-of-age movies. Those movies that focus on who we are or identity, that longing to, to know who we are, the, the struggles of growing up, the struggles of, of society placing identity on us and who we are. And, and, but we all have a longing to be known, a longing for identity, to know who we are. And, and I would submit to you that most of us don't know who we are. Actually, I, I would submit that most of us are confused about who we are. Because we have all of these competing ideas in the world trying to tell us our identity, trying to tell us who we are. And, and so there's all these different ideas out there. And in fact, when we meet someone new for the first time, we usually ask questions to try to figure out their identity. You know, where are you from? Are you married? Do you have any kids? Uh, those are questions to try to figure out identity. And, and as a man, uh, Men have a go-to question we always ask. What's that question? What do you do? Right, you, you, every man. We might ask that question even before we ask them what their name is, right? Because we figure if we know what we do, what they do, then we know your identity. But that's not your identity. What you do is not your identity. I'm a pastor. It's what I do. But it is not my identity. It, it, it's, it's not who I am. Identity is so much deeper than that. But many of us are dazed and confused, another coming-of-age movie, about what our identity is. And we long to know our identity. In fact, I have all these great tools that help me in, in figuring out who I am. And maybe some of you have taken some of these as well. Any of you taken the Myers-Briggs before? Myers-Briggs, yeah? I'm an ISTJ this tells me about what it means to be an ISTJ. Any ISTJs out there? Anybody? No? Galen, you're not an ISTJ. I don't think you are either. Uh, this is a great one. This is uh, the PRISM feedback tool. This is a test where other people take and tell me who I am. People that know me. So it's their feedback on who I am. This is the Berkman. My staff have taken this, most of our staff. The Berkman tells me that I'm a blue, and when I get stressed, I go to yellow. So there's more about that, but we won't go into it this morning. Here's the DISC profile. The DISC, every pastor in the conference has to take this. The DISC, I am a CS, and that's what it says. And, and, and all of these things tell me about who I am and what I do. These don't tell me my identity, though. None of these tell me my identity. They can be incredibly useful tools, but they don't give us insight 
into our identity. We long for identity. But the answer is really simple. In fact, I'm, I'm going to let you in on the secret to our identity. And, and in fact, it's really not even a secret. God has told us our identity. But the world tries to confuse us. And so we can find this in Scripture. In fact, it's not even in an obscure passage somewhere hidden. It's right in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1. We read it just a second ago. Winston read it for us. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let's say it together. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. See, what's your identity? You are created in the image of God. Male and female, created in the image of God. This is the holy mystery of our identity. You're created in the image of God. Too often when we, when we study the creation story, we, we focus on the wrong thing. We get hung up on, on questions that, th- that this story doesn't even try to address. Questions about evolution versus creation. And, and it's not really trying to address that issue. It's trying to address who we are, the purpose of life, our identity. That's what the creation story is about. We are created in the image of God. That is amazing. It should make us gasp. We were created in the image of God. We are bearers of God's image. And that should bring us assurance and hope and responsibility and joy and peace. In fact, I want to write this out for you this morning. Uh, If you've ever been to my office, you know that this lives in my office because I love to write on whiteboards and boards. But I want us to to kind of review as we move forward, because last week we talked about who God is, that longing to know God. And what did we say is that primary characteristic of who God is? What is the word? Love, right? I heard someone. But we had a word in front of it. Holy love. This is who God is. This is his primary characteristic. God is holy love. This is who God is. This is foundational for us. When we talk about a longing for God, we talk about wanting to know who God is, and for us to know who God is, we have to know his characteristics, and God is love. This is foundational. And so built upon that foundation is this idea that we have been created in the very image of God. And so that builds on this. We are created in the image of God. Of God. Right? This is critical for our understanding of our identity. That's our identity right there. We are created in the image of God. Isn't that amazing? So the next time someone asks you who you are, You can say with confidence, I'm an image bearer of the creator of heaven and earth, the great I am, God incarnate, the most holy of holies, the one and only God, amen and amen, right? That's who we are, all of us, everyone in this sanctuary, 
created in the image of God. This is our identity. These other things right here, these are great things. They're, they're great insights for us. They're not our identity. Those, that job that you go to every day and spend most of your time out, that's great stuff. It's not your identity. Now that might make you feel better, especially if you have one of those jobs that you really don't like, right? I don't want my identity there. But even if it's a great job, that's not my identity. Whether you're successful or unsuccessful, that's not your identity. You're created in the image of God. But there's a second part of our identity as well. And this is even more exciting to me. And we see this in 1 John chapter 3. It says this, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children, children of God. That we should be called children of God. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. We are God's children. What a great image that is. We are God's children. This is our twofold identity. All of this is built on this foundation of who God is. He is holy love. He has created us in his image. And we have been adopted as his children. All of those in Christ Jesus, we are children of God. Soak that in for a moment. That is our identity. We are created in the image of God, and we are God's children. Let's say it together. We are created in the image of God, and we are God's children. That's who we are. You know, if we could grasp this, most of our issues in life would go away. Right? Well, so-and-so said, did this to me today. So? Who are you? Well, my boss yelled at me today. So? Who are you? Well, I screwed up big time today. Okay, do better. Who are you? This is who we are. If we could grasp that, if we could really soak that in, it would transform the world. We are God's children. This should give us confidence. This should lift our countenance. This should bring us a deep assurance of peace and joy. But let's look at this a little closer, though, especially from 1 John. It starts out like this. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. Now, this is where the New Revised Standard Version, which is this version right here, doesn't really give us a, a, a full grasp of this passage. Now, most of you know, many of you know that the New Testament, which this is found in, was written in Greek. And I don't speak Greek. Uh, took it in seminary, but I don't speak it. But, but the New King James kind of gives us a better translation of this. And so in the New tra- tra- King James, it says this, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. And even that doesn't give us the full effect of it. But that word behold, it means to gaze or to ponder on, to truly look at, to truly inspect and understand. Behold. Meditate on this. And then that phrase, what manner, is translating a word in Greek that means of what country. So you could say, wow, 
from what country does this love come from? And it is that implication of, I've never seen something like this before. It must be foreign. What country did this love come from? Because I've never seen this before. That's what this phrase in 1 John means. It's, it's this amazement, this sense of awe. Wow. From what country did God's love come from? It reminds me of the great Charles Wesley hymn, And Can It Be? Number 363 in the hymnal, number one in my heart. It's one of my favorite hymns. In, in the chorus it says this, Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, wouldst die for me? Our identity is built on God's amazing love for us. He has created us in his image and has called us children. It should make us gasp. We are the children of the king. This is our identity. And just in case you were wondering, there are other passages that remind us of our identity as well. Yeah, pay attention. From Galatians, we read, For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. In John 1, we read, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. And from Romans chapter 8, we read these words, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back in fear. Right? We talked about that last week. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. But you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, that fatherhood of God, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Isn't that a cool image? Not only are we children, but we have an inheritance that God has given us as heirs. If, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present times are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. It is through God's self-giving sacrifice in Jesus Christ that we have, in effect, been adopted as children of God. Isn't that incredible? This is our identity. We are chosen by God. Again, this should give us assurance in those tough days. When we struggle with who we are, this is who we are. All those other things, it's not who you are. But the world tries to place on us all these identities, doesn't it? If you go out in the world, it's going to try to box you in somewhere. People do this. We do this all the time. We try to place on you conditions. And we get confused. Because the world looks at our identity and it wants to mock it. And the world wants to confuse us. Again, John is trying to remind us of this as it says, The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. When the world around us resists our identity, it's because the world doesn't know its identity. The world is trying to place our identity in other things. It tries to place our identity in our sexuality. If we're conservative or liberal, Republican or Democrat, pro-choice, pro-life, anything but this. That's why we get so confused. That's why we have dark days. Because we forget our identity. Our identity aren't in those things. Our identity is not in our job and what we do. It doesn't matter what you do, honestly. 
But do you know who you are? We have been given an identity in Jesus Christ. We are God's children right here, right now. It says even more. It says this, Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. How amazing is that? This identity gives us hope for the coming of Jesus in the end. Since we are bearers of the image of God and we are his children through the transforming work of Jesus Christ, we now have hope that when Jesus returns, we will be like him. We will be perfected in love. How exciting is that? But there's a part of this that we have to understand as well. It says all who have this hope should purify themselves It's that holiness, that holy love. Because this is who God is. He wants us to be the same way. He wants us to understand our identity and to love. And we're going to talk more about that in the week ahead, in the weeks ahead. Because all of these things build on each other. These longings that have been built into us, we have to get these right for us to understand how to live. If we don't have a proper image of God, then we won't have a longing for God, right? We'll try to fill that longing with something else. If we don't have an understanding of that longing to know who we are and we fill that longing with something else, we'll have a wrong image of who we are. And we won't be satisfied. So we have to get this right. We are created. We are image bearers of the King. And we are His children. Amen? Amen. So what is your next step? In your Connect card, if you grab that on the back of it, there's a space where you can write what your next step is. I want you to think about that for a second. For some of you, you struggle with your identity, who you are. Because you've been trying to place your identity in the wrong things. I know for men, we often place our identity in what we do. So if we're successful, our identity is great. If we fail... Our identity is broken, but that's because we placed our identity in the wrong thing. Where is your identity? On that next step, maybe you need to write down that I need to reconnect with who I am. I need to be reminded again and and not focus on these other identities and focus on my true identity. Maybe that's your next step, living in that. And so maybe you need to every day wake up and write this out and put this on the mirror so that you can be reminded of your identity. In God. I don't know what your next step is, but wherever God is leading you, I would encourage you to write that on that card because as I said last week, when we write things down, it becomes more concrete in our life, right? I'll read them, but I'm not going to share them with everybody. But as I read them, I will be praying over them as well for you. This is our identity. Let us pray.